Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Hunter McWaters, and I have another episode from a recent trip I did out to the Go Hunt headquarters in Las Vegas. And this is a pretty cool one because, you know, there's been, uh, you know, a fair amount of podcasts recently with Lorenzo Sartini, including myself. I did with one with him as well um, recently. But um, there's another side of the Go Hunt origin story, which you probably may have heard, is Lorenzo's friend Chris, um, who was in the online gaming industry um, and then helped Lorenzo bring his dream of Go Hunt to life and really... Uh, um, you know, those two are the ones that brought Go Hunt to life. You know, not many people uh, get Chris on their podcast because he's just super busy guy and um, and is just doing his thing there at Go Hunt. Since I was there in the office, we were able to peer pressure him to <laughs> into sitting down with me for a while. So we have a really cool conversation about uh, you know um, leadership and entrepreneurship and um, you know his story and building a culture and a team. Um, that I think is a, is a really cool conversation and kind of a unique other side to the um, the Go Hunt uh, story just because um, not many folks uh, get Chris on their podcast. So uh, if you are listening, Chris, I appreciate your time. Thanks for sitting down with me. And um, it's a great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, you know, since it is a Go Hunt episode, I guess I'll just remind you one more time. You know, um, they just released a new update to their Explorer software. Um, their mapping software, which I've been using extensively. It's got great tools on there, both on the desktop and mobile, you know, for terrain analysis, wildfires. I've been using it recently to look for um, burn areas to check out on some of the hunts I got coming up. And, um, you know, so if you can use the code quest over there and you'll save on your membership, uh, as well as the gear shop and, uh, join insider. I've been using insider since I started uh, unbelievable tool for research and picking uh, units and tags and stuff. So check them out. Uh, if you need gear, check out the gear shop. You can use the code quest, all those places also out at outdoor class if you want to kind of learn uh, some more stuff and some e-learning some well put together e-learning uh, platform that was you know has contributors of some of the best guys in the industry like Randy Newberg and Remy Warren and you know Brian Call Ryan Lampers all those guys um, uh, so yeah check out Go Hunt use the code Quest and save and um, enjoy this episode guys see you on the next one. All right, cool. All right, thanks, man. Yep. All right, so here at the Go Hunt headquarters with Mr. Chris Porter. How you doing, man? Good, man. Sorry, I'm finishing a protein bar. <laughs> no worries. No, I'm oh. good, man. Oh, sorry, that's Bruno. Bruno, okay. sit down. It's okay, buddy. Right here. There you go. Sorry, man. That's Bruno. No, you're good. Hey, Bruno. Bruno and Leo. Okay. Um, so, are you from Vegas originally? Nope. Grew up in Orange County, California. Okay. <clears throat> Leo, get down. <laughs> um, Went to college in Arizona and then I moved here for a job like right after college. I've been here, so I've been here a while. Okay. Um, but no, Southwest kind of, West Coast so guy. So from California, the land of fruits and nuts. Orange County, California. <laughs> um, yes. Um, Did you start hunting out there or? No, no, I grew up like surfing, loving the outdoors and all okay. that, but not into guns, not into hunting at all. Okay. Went to college, came out here and then eventually met Lorenzo. He's the one that got me into it. Yeah, because like you were in the online gaming? Yep. Okay. 
Cool. Yep, online gaming was like my career until Go Hunt, mm -hmm. um, and then took this like random pivot, yeah. which has been a, a, a huge blessing, but For sure. I wasn't into it uh, at all. Like okay. 2013, we were like concepting the business. I went on a couple hunts with his brother and him that year uh -huh. to get a taste for it. 2014, I had my first tag. Okay. Uh, so I was like brand, brand new, which ended up being great because, well, I got hooked on it. I do love it. I've always loved the outdoors and right. the challenge of it and like the being out there, like the, the independence around it yeah. and like the empowerment. Like there's a lot of qualities that for sure that made me fall in love with it. Um, but it was good at building Go Hunt if just having a different perspective, being much more of a newbie hunter versus yeah. like a Lorenzo who'd been hunting all his life. Right. You know, more, more of an expert. And people may not think of it, but I mean, like surfing isn't that, I mean, you're, you're in nature, it's physically yep. challenging. Yep. There's an adventure kind of aspect to it. Um, people might not think about that, but I grew up in a beach town too, so I'd, oh, yeah. I dabbled in surfing a little bit, but not, the waves were only good like in November. And I was like, yeah. I would rather be hunting. So I just yeah. kind of- <laughs> That's a critical hunting month, for <laughs> yeah. sure. But yeah, no, you're right. The outdoors, I was always into like hiking and there's a, there's a big crossover there. Yeah. So, um, uh, you moved, so I was going to ask you, this is kind of interesting. So you're in the online gaming stuff Yep. and it's, it, I see like weird correlation between like the whole tag and lottery. Like it's almost similar to online gaming. Oh, that is interesting. Um, wow. I'd never really connected that. You're right though. Like, Online gaming, there was a lot of people running data and performance. Like if I play this many tables online yeah. at this stakes, what's my projected ROI, all that. There's a lot of people doing that with like tags. Okay, I yeah. have eight points, yeah. cost me this much to apply every year. What's my projected, like, right. when exactly. am I gonna draw a tag? Playing numbers. That. Yeah, playing numbers. <laughs> uh, get lucky in the random draw, right. draw a sheep tag, things like that. No, that's interesting. I never connected the two. But oh, right. really? Yeah. So, okay, so you met Lorenzo and you were working. Um, he, I did a podcast with him the other day. Yep. And he's been on a bunch of podcasts, but I don't. Have you been on any? Uh, I was on like Randy's one time. Okay. I've done like maybe one or two. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. it's, thanks for agreeing to be yeah. on. It's cool to talk to you, man. Guy. So, um, so yeah, man. So it's interesting. I was just like, your door is open, so I was kind of listening a little bit. Uh -huh. And um, and you guys have built like a, a really cool culture here. And um, Cody was just kind of mentioning it there um, of kind of the, you know, people are friends and it's welcoming and it's a relaxed, fun environment. But at the same time, it's very professional. Like, mm. you know, I, I noticed like when I came on as like a partner or whatever, you know, um, when outdoor class came out, there was a one sheet on it. And like, you know, stuff that a lot of hunting companies overlook or aren't as professional because um, I have a business background. And so like, um, can you talk about like building that like fun culture of like being the friend, but also being the boss too? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you're picking up on a lot of, a lot of good observations, you know, so Lorenzo and I were spent time at bigger companies and we're not like, we kind of consider, consider ourselves like anti-corporate dudes. Like we're pretty casual. We like to wear shorts, a t-shirt. Yeah. We like to have fun. We're, I like to think we're fun guys. We love what we do. We're very passion driven. Um, and so that, that is reflected in our culture. Very customer centric. You know, I worked at a, a, a company in the online gaming days that was not the best with customer service, not mm. the best being transparent, not the best being, you know, caring about their customer. Yeah. So we, we wanted to be very customer centric very early on. Like, first multiple years of the business, Lorenzo and I were 
responding mostly to customer inquiries, like directly yeah. ourselves. We got to a point Which is where, you two in the beginning, right? Oh yeah, and then yeah. you know we had like a team of like six for the first year or two, um, but up until a team of like fifteen, I was responding to customer emails like multiple hours per day, <laughs> and I actually kind of miss part of that. It really connected me to the customer, but we're very customer centric, very like try to make take care of the customer and yeah. be very long term focused because we do care about our customers. We are our customers, right? Like. So we care about the industry. I've seen that as a customer before. When I first joined, um, I was looking, I was just starting, had no idea where to start. And like, I, um, I hit up trail and he like gave me his phone number and like, I called, he like talked to me on the phone, helped me find units. Like it was, it was awesome. And we're still friends. That's one of the biggest <laughs> like compliments you could pay us. Like that is so rewarding to hear yeah. that and that experience. Um, Trail's been with us a long time. He's one of our best with that. And yeah. he, he cares. He wants to hear you draw an elk tag, kill a bull elk, send him a photo. That's where it comes mm -hmm. full circle for him. And you can tell he really did care. Yeah. Like he wasn't just like, okay, whatever. Like he really wanted to help me out. Right. And I was, I mean, I'm still nobody, but I was like really nobody. Like I didn't. You're a customer. You're yeah, exactly. nobody. <laughs> um, and then, and then, you know, for many years, every single customer got a personal thank you note. We're actually oh. just had a meeting yesterday. We're trying to bring that back. Nice. Because it was really hard as we scaled, but like that's that touch. Like right now, I'm actually, we're not really happy with our customer experience, like especially mm. on the e-commerce side. We, we want to make it, it's not as warm as and as inviting as it could be. Mm. So we're trying to bring back some of the stuff that, that we had early yeah. on. Um, but uh, back to like the, the business part of it and being professional, that observation. So. When we were entering the industry, we noticed there was some of these other companies that seemed to be hunting first. Like they, they were like, I, I'm a hunter. I want to be in the hunting industry yeah. and I need to figure out how to make a living from it. Mm -hmm. So we looked at it opposite. We wanted to be very business centric, business first. Like some of these other companies would close all fall. Yeah. And we're like, how do you service your customers if you right. close for four or five months in, in yeah. a year? So we were always going to be business first, hunting second. Mm. And so we really wanted to change that shift so that that professionalism you sense is that. Mm -hmm. We're still hunters. We always try to keep like a ratio of 50-50 between hunters and non-hunters yeah. in the company. That's a really important like dynamic. You know, we are our customers. We have a lot of experts that are bringing up problems that they want solved. That's a really key part of our, you know, ingredient in our recipes for, for success and yeah. building products, you know, for hunters is having that in our DNA. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at some of the other, you know, providers, especially on the mapping side, you know, they're getting into to different verticals, right? They're getting into off-road, they're getting into backcountry, yeah. they're getting into oil and gas or all these other sectors. They came out of hunting and they're trying to go this way. Right. Hunting is in our name. We, do, we have the exact opposite strategy. We're like, okay, we're building an ecosystem. You know, we get into e-learning, we get into mapping, we get into research, we get into content, we get into e-commerce. We're going like this and just servicing our customer. We have no interest in getting outside of hunting. Yeah. We are hunters, we care about hunters, we just want to continue to solve problems for hunters. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. Um, what were some of like the um, challenges early on that you guys had to overcome? Um, the first big one was, you know, Lorenzo and I are not technology founders, <laughs> yeah. and so we're trying to build a tech company. You're right. And so you had to hire and empower and trust technology people, yeah. which is really uncomfortable, right? Because they can. They can pull the wool over your eyes and things yeah. like that. We're lucky we had a, a really good hire early on that understood tech. And so we, we got into a good position early on. That was the big first big hurdle. 
I would say the second bigger hurdle, biggest hurdle is when we launched Insider, you know, we were changing behavior. People were used to getting their research out of a print magazine. They were mm -hmm. used to static data, not data that changed. They were used to looking at top 10 units, top 15 units. Right. And so we were coming out saying, hey, listen, don't wait 15 years to draw a tag. Look at the neighboring units. Like we were really trying to open up the possibilities and actually spread hunters across rather mm -hmm. than just look at like this top 10 power ranking, like ESPN power rankings. Right. It's like there's 172 yielder units in the state of Nevada, right? right? People only talk about, or they used to only talk about five, six, seven, eight of them. Right. It's like there's good opportunities, right? Yeah. A lot of them you can it, draw. It much feeds more. into this like whole kind of lie that a lot of guys fall into of like, oh, I, I have to have like 10 points before I can go. Hunt. Exactly. It's like, no, you can. In fact, I'm doing like a project this year where I'm literally going to show using a unit I found on Go Hunt that I can go out on a zero point, 100% draw antelope unit and just and tag out. That's exactly right. That's exactly. You'll you'll run across these people in Colorado. So as a resident of Colorado, it, the antelope opportunity is not that good, and you'll and you'll go like, well, why aren't you applying in Wyoming? Yeah. With zero points, one point, two point as a non-resident, mm -hmm. there's incredible antelope opportunity for you. <laughs> Way better than being a resident in Colorado. Yeah. It's just about understanding what's out there. Right. And learning, you know, challenging sure. yourself and, and pushing yourself. Um. So yeah, I wanna. I want to talk about, so when you guys first started, you know, Insider was unique and it was, I mean, it's, it's just super useful and there was no competition really. I mean, there's nothing really like Insider, at least that I know of. Um, but now, like I said, now you guys are like in the like giant slaying business or you're trying to be right. So like, what's, uh, what's, what's that like? What's that shift like? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. So you asked about like the biggest challenge, so it was around changing behavior, getting people to understand, you know, what what a product like ours could do for you, and what opportunities it can open up to you. You know, if if like analogy we always talk about here is, you know, Apple years ago launched the iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone was comfortable on BlackBerry, everyone was comfortable with BBM, all these things. Now you look back, they have 80% market share. You're like, yeah, everyone has an iPhone, but back then it's like, no, no one did. Yeah, and it's true. like, what? Why would I? why would I make that switch? You know, Steve Jobs would be like, we have the, the Apple ecosystem, the, the app, you know, the app right. store. It's like, well, what's a mobile app? You know, now everyone uses mobile apps, of course. But back then it's like, what does that do for, for yeah. me? And so there was a huge education and, and learning curve. People are like, what does it do for me? What problems does it solve? So they had to really get out in front of that. Similar to us, like we had to explain what a research product could do, uh, what it could op open up for you. Mm -hmm. And then so the first couple years were actually much more challenging, harder than we thought. And then years three, four, five, six, it got a, a quite a bit easier as people started to understand. And then you had the network effect. Yeah. So you asked, what is it like now? It's, it's about continuing to stay on, out in front, continuing to innovate, continuing to deliver for the customer. Like we can't get complacent. We can't get stagnant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but like so many companies, you know, have their cash cow yep. and they just sit on it, right? Yeah. And, and don't decide to stick their neck out and, you know, go into mapping when there's already, you know, on X, yep. you know, let's just say it. Um, or, you know, go into the gear shop. Um, so like what, you know, what's driving that? Yeah. So if you look at, if we, we set out years ago to be the 
the only end-to-end -end solution for hunters, right? And so you talked about the research product. We, we built that, we launched the e-commerce store. Then we have the e-learning business, but you still don't, you're not a complete product if you can't help people in the field. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that was that missing piece with mapping. And so you plug mapping in and it really unlocks a lot. And then you have this full ecosystem that really takes care of a customer 365 days a year, what other needs are. Because yeah. as hunters, every month we're thinking about different things, mm -hmm. right? Preparing for next season and then drawing tags, preparing for this season. And then it's just a constant like this. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so we had to fill that gap. And look, competition's good. And, and, the, the, and, and let's be honest, Onyx solved some great problems. Mm -hmm. and, and they innovated you know, years ago. And, um, and they, they, they have a good company, right? And, and, and they are continuing to have their challenges and growing and things like that. And we're, you know, competition's good for the consumer, yeah. right? And that's where the consumer's gonna win. And it's good for a consumer to have somebody else solving problems. I mean, think about what we did with offline maps. We've had an app six, six months. Others have had six years, 10 years, right? There's yeah. a lot of these companies have been having maps, digital maps for years and years and years. We've had our six months and we just made a release with offline maps that allows you to download a map 20 times yeah, the size it. of those other providers. I 20 times, <laughs> little old Gohan with yeah. a team a fraction of the size. No, it solves a huge problem because on yeah on Onyx you're sitting there like saving a patchwork of yep. like your unit, and now you can just like zoom out and save your whole unit. Yeah, um, that is pretty cool. And the and GIS layers, right? Like you, you can download every single layer in a state in less than ten seconds. Yeah, and have it locally stored in your phone. And how you turn them on and off is very much more intuitive. I yes. feel like. Yes, exactly. And that's just because we have hunters in this office that yeah. are passionate about this, talking to technology people, yeah. getting on the whiteboards. And, and you also have the kind of advantage of, you know, that whole cash cow thing I was talking about. You know, you, I'm not trying to call out Onyx necessarily, but like a company like that where they're, it's kind of like they're, they're probably in the mindset of it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're number one. So there might maybe, yep. this could be relating to anything, but just kind of hanging out, you know? Whereas you guys are really trying to figure out how can we make this better? How can we make this better? And it can relate to anything like, you know, for listeners out there, like, um, of, you know, you guys could have been just like, well, Onyx is there and just not tried it. But like you said, Apple could have done the same thing, but sometimes you just got to like go for it and just, and just try. Yep. They're just in a different, like cycle of their business, right? They, yeah. they're, they're a ginormous company. 300, 400 people, whatever it is, they have got to grow outside of hunting, yeah. right? And again, that's what we love, our focus of hunting, right? They brought in a 20-year Amazon vet, probably a very smart individual. They're going to figure out how to get into these other markets and go public or whatever they do yeah. on their big scale, right? <clears throat> that involves taking hunting money, though, and, and parlaying it into other verticals. And, mm -hmm. and again, we just love our focus of being a hunting company. You might have to compromise some of your values too if you get into some of these different markets. That's, that, you, you do get, you get into some conflicts, right? And so, um, they'll do great. The consumer's gonna win. The consumer's the, the one that's gonna win here. And yeah. we feel like there's a ton of opportunity to, to innovate on maps with, for hunters, right? And so some of those problems that we're gonna solve maybe don't apply to other verticals, but they apply to hunting. Mm -hmm. and, and again, that focus, focus, focus. Yeah, man. So um, do you see any, 
correlation between um, hunting, like adventure hunts, and building a business? Uh, yeah, I, I, I still remember, like it's really important to me. Lorenzo's like, look, you're not a hunter. I'll, I'm the hunter in this situation, you know, online and you know, t and uh, marketing, things like that. You know, you don't but have to be a hunter. Some, uh, but impressive animals in here now. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've, be, I've gotten hooked, but this is back in 2013, 2014. He's like, you need to go in the field. You have to go with me. You don't have to be a hunter. You have to experience it. Yeah. Right. And that was really good advice he had. And what was the first hunt you guys, you did? I went with his brother in the middle of nowhere in Nevada. He drew a deer tag. Okay. And so that was like a, you know, truck camping, ATV, uh, riding around like that. It was a good first hunt. A lot of glassing, things like that. 2014, I killed my first buck. Um, okay. Tell me about that hunt. In Utah, muzzleloader. Okay. Muzzleloader, I drew a muzzleloader tag in Utah. Um, that was a blast of a hunt. Um, That's him right there? Yeah. That's a killed early in the hunt. And so, um, you know, when that always happens, especially when you're early, you're like, you need some humbling experiences, which I definitely got <laughs> after that. Yeah. I'd had a Colorado tag that later that fall got, got smoked. Really hard hunt. It was grind, grind, grind. 2015 did my first backcountry hunt okay. with Brandon in our office. That was a very humbling experience. So you said, you know, the correlation. That was that was that was a very very humbling experience, right? Like yeah. a true true backcountry hunt, especially when you're a brand new hunter like that. Yeah. Um, what were some of the things that were humbling about it specifically? I mean, you know, we, well, I was with Brandon, right, who's been doing backcountry hunts like that for 10 to 15 years. And he, he's a sicko. He'll go, like, into Colorado by, by himself for 10 days. And yeah, I can't do that. Pull out deer. And he had a lot of success yeah. by himself. And, and so he's just so experienced, gear up hunting and all that good stuff. So, you know, he, we're doing things that he thinks is, is very normal. And when you, it's hard to explain how challenging a backcountry hunt can be until you actually do it. Yeah. You know, you know, you'll, he's telling me, we're going to hike six miles in, we're going to camp up there. You know, that sounds like, okay, that's manageable. Six miles is a lot, especially when you're yeah. climbing two or 3,000 feet of vert. With like, a pack, yeah. That's no joke. With, yeah, with yeah. a 60, 70 pound pack, you're like, okay, like, wow. Yeah. And so then we set up camp and I, I felt like I accomplished something just getting to camp, <laughs> setting up <laughs> you camp, did. you know? Yeah. And then it's like the next day, it's like, okay, cool. We're going to like go up to that ridge. We're going to work that. And we're gonna like basically do a round trip loop of another four miles. And yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm sore. I'm like recovered from yesterday. <laughs> but yeah, and the, the hunt starts, like, let's go. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. wait, we're gonna do this for nine days. It's like, oh, your mind starts to go, like, yeah. whoa. Can I do this, can I do yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. your mind starts questioning and yeah. you, you never want that out there. Yeah, I remember the first, um, you know Dan Staten from Elk yeah. Shape? Okay, yeah. so I went and filmed the hunt for him. And like the first day was like 11 miles and like 5,000 feet up and down. And uh, so like, you know, total like 10,000 or something. I can't remember if, if anyway, it was a, a grueling work. day. Yeah. And like, I remember just laying in the tent at night being like, dude, if every day is like this, yeah. I don't know. But I was like, but I'll tell you one thing, I ain't quitting. Yep. So luckily they weren't all that bad, but. Yep. Um, so anyway, so it's the next day, you're sore. What happened then? We <laughs> barely away. saw any deer. And so that was actually where it got bad and humbling. We're like, whoa, like all this work, 
Like in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you just put the work in yeah. and then you know, you're gonna get a bunch of shots at deer. It's like, no, 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 that's like half the battle. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, you get up in there, there's gonna be a bunch of deer. Like you just gotta work your tail off to get in there. Yeah. Well, we did that. It's Colorado, we, you said? Yeah, and then we didn't see any deer. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, all right, well, we gotta move camps. Like, wait, what? We've been here two nights. Like, I'm just getting settled in. And then, no, we need to, we're gonna move two basins over. It's like, what? It just, it's such big country. Yeah. And uh, so that whole, that whole hunt was just like, just again, humbling and going, what the heck? And came out of there and really felt like I accomplished something, even sure. though I've never really had any close encounters. We yeah. saw probably 10 deer total. Yeah. But you go, okay, like that was brutal. Mm-hmm. but i survived you made it yeah yeah and so yeah those those trips are um they're different like they're different from a day hunt or something um but you come out with like a whole new level of confidence like i remember after my my first trip is the same thing as like we my first trip was in alaska which is crazy and my first western hunt was like a backcountry on foot like public land so in Alaska? Uh, in Alaska. Holy jeez. Yeah, we went to um, East Central Alaska on a like a controlled use area, and like my buddy that I was going with is like ex Navy Special Warfare, so it was like an amazing shape. And um, anyway, we went in like seven miles, and but and you know there'd be times where'd be like, all right, we're gonna go up there, and I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going, and he's like, yeah, just one you know one step at a time. But when you come back, the confidence like yep. it's amazing. It's, it's, it's an incredible experience. What we were talking about yesterday, like if every American once a year, once a decade, went yeah. on a true backcountry hunt, would they not appreciate the, the, the luxuries of living in the city? Yeah. Would they not appreciate where their food comes from? Yeah. Like, imagine if everyone had to go gut a deer and like cook it up on, oh, on a fire. Like everybody would just have, everyone would chill out. Yeah. And everybody would just kind of <laughs> or they would die. Appreciate <laughs> appreciate that. Oh, appreciate the fresh air a little bit more and just yeah. chill out and realize, "Hey, there's it's okay." Like yeah. I, I don't need to worry about this little thing. Like there's a bigger meaning. Yeah, and just life. not taking for granted the little things of, you know, having fresh water available, you know, and um so that, yeah, that's the part that I wish that I want to share more and I tell all my like non-hunting buddies like, "Just come on a hunt with me." Yeah. It's just an experience, yeah. and I'm really passionate about that. I, I just think it's so good for everybody. It's so healthy. Yeah, I've really gotten hooked on the on the backcountry. I don't get to do it as much as I want. Yeah, I want to do one. I, I committed a couple of years ago that I do, you know, one or two every single year, and I skipped last year. But um, like, I love it. Like, yeah. I absolutely love it. Did you love it in the moment, or did you realize after that trip you loved it? Not in the moment. Yeah. In the moment, I'm like, what, sometimes did I, it sucks. Yeah. what did I sign up for? <laughs> it actually took two times. The one, I really fell in love with it when I went with Brady in Wyoming. Okay. And so a deer hunt? Yes. Okay. I was, that was like my third or fourth, like true backcountry hunt. And maybe like third. Yeah, third, not fourth, third. And it was like, I felt a little bit more prepared. Like mentally, you're like, okay, this is going to be a, a suck fest. Like, yeah. You know, when you, when you know how bad it can be, you're like, okay, chill out. This isn't that bad. When you're four miles in and you're like, 
Wait, what the heck? You're like, dude, it's not that big a deal. Did You'll you train for it or are you just yes. stay in so shape that, naturally? That's, that's some of the parts I love the most about it is all, I'm a logistic planning guy. Okay. And I love the fact, I'm like, I set out all my gear like two months in advance. And oh, I guess yeah. bedroom, my wife, like, what is wrong with you? Each day food in I a Ziploc bag. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then I'm like testing different food and like tinkering. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm a, a big footwear guy. I got, I got bad. There's two big things I learned on the very first hunt with Brandon was I got I didn't break in my boots good enough, so I had blisters, mm. which would ruin you. And then I wore merino oh, dude, wool. Huge. They call me the Undie King around here the because <laughs> I had I wore like merino wool boxers mm. going in. That's what everyone said. Like, oh, it won't stink. It's it's great. That's it's made for like you know these yeah. long backcountry hunts. I couldn't I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> like something about sweating in that merino yeah. and sitting in it when you're glassing and stuff. Oh, I got the worst rash. Like I'm coming out. Like uh, I couldn't walk. I was ass. oh so <laughs> red. Where uh, like I took my first shower, you know, coming out. Yeah, sting. And, and normally that's like an enjoyable, you know, twenty minute <laughs> hot shower. I was like, ah, it was so painful. And so then, ever since then, I started really testing different underwear. And the underwear gave you a rash, or just like not merino. Oh, okay. So sweating and then sitting in it, yeah. sweating and then sitting yeah. in the, for the merino really irritated me and I got horrible chafing, oh, horrible. And then I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I can't do this. Yeah. And honestly, we had to come out like a day or two early. Like I couldn't walk. Wow, man. Like it was horrible. That's terrible. And so ever since then, I really like kind of, I wouldn't say studied, but tested yeah, a lot yeah. of different like underwear. And I realized I need, I need stuff that breathes. Right. And so like I use the sacks because okay. um, it breathes. I need it lighter weight. I, merino I, is, I, I tried merino next to skin too because everyone says oh merino you know. yeah i i switched this year like i go synthetic next to skin now i correct. still like merino like as a mid-layer but correct. i do not wear it next to skin anymore i'm the same way i'll wear a t-shirt yeah and then merino i like merino for that for that base layer but yeah. not next to skin i yeah. completely agree for sure man so <clears throat> um that's cool so do you got any um adventures lined up for this year not as much as i would like so we have we have two two great hunts, um, but they're not backcountry, which I'm bummed about. Brandon, who went we we hunt a lot, and he helped me kill that bull when I drew a good tag in Nevada. So I owe him. He got really. Sounds lucky. like you've drawn some really good tags in your short career, man. I've I've gotten they 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 call me lucky around here. I've been pretty fortunate. Yeah, I drew that tag with like four or five points, which was like That's a killer bull. Yeah, that was a, that was one of my favorite hunts ever. And then, was that an archery hunt or no rifle, okay. early rifle, and then, um, but you know, it's not that far from from town here, so I was able to scout it a bunch and like oh, nice. really prepare a bunch. That was that was a really enjoyable. Um, we did a film on that. Okay, it's, uh, it's called like the game plan or something. Okay, I'll have to check um, it out. But yeah, a bunch of the guys from the office. It was a cool. Did cool Neville film it? Experience. No, he was there though. Okay. Um, got one of our guys, Mather, filmed it. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I've drawn a couple good Colorado tags and Nevada tier tags. Um, but uh, you asked, oh, so Brandon, Brandon drew, you know, like Hunt Expo does these mm -hmm. like raffle oh, tags. Oh, he won one? $5 tag, drew a bomb early rifle. Like Utah has these rifle tags, peak rut, right? They open, yeah. I think it starts like the 17th or something. Peak rut, as a resident, it would take him like, I don't know, 20 or 25 years to draw. Wow. He got it for five bucks. 
Oh so my gosh. we're gonna, and it's not far from here. It's really close to his town. Yeah, his I put house, in for all so that stuff too. He's gonna scout. Some so guys have all the luck, him. man. I noticed Remy Warren won one of them. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was antelope like, come on, or something, right? Yeah, it was like an archery yeah. antelope. Yeah, he's such a good guy. Um, and then another guy in our office, Drew, won like two or three years ago, like a okay. Cliffs one. So um, yeah, we do, maybe we've got some luck going on around here. So I'm gonna help him, and then I got a Colorado tag with him and Lorenzo. This so, year? Yep. What's your Colorado tag? Deer, third Deer. season. Third season? Nice. Are you guys going to do backcountry or? That will be, no, that will be more like truck camp situation. Yeah. Um, just because the deer will be a little bit lower. I mean, that's like middle of November. Okay. So that's why I'm like, I have a love hate with this. It should be a really fun year. Yeah. And we should see some good animals, but I'm not, I'm not doing the, the backcountry one. Yeah. So next year, I'm already talking 2023. There's like, oh, a planner. Um, there's a guy in our office uh, who's got a bunch of horses. So I was talking to him about doing it's Wyoming and General Elk. Okay, yeah. Yeah, should, hopefully I'll draw that next year. But it used to be three points you could get that tag, but now yeah. it's seeming like not. Yeah, what is it now? On the, in the regular, it's like four? Um, well, yeah. I, I think you, I mean, you still can draw it with three, but I think it's harder it's now. It's not 100%. Yeah. But. It's one of the better. It's a, that's, a, that's an adventure. Yeah. Deer and elk. Wyoming's just a cool state. Yeah, I'm heading out there this year. And I got what do you it. got this year? So I have that, um, I'm going to go prove that you can go to a 0.100% draw antelope unit from yep. Virginia and kill. And then I have um, Idaho, I got over-the-counter deer and elk tag, the concurrent yep. season. Yep. I'm going with Luke Dusenberry, actually. Have you met him before? Yep. Okay. Luke? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're gonna tag team film in that. Oh yeah, and then um, November I have a general rifle deer in Montana. Yep. And I was originally gonna go with like Brian and Ryan and them and Mark Livesey, but they have like two kids they want to get tags filled for, and mm -hmm. I'd be like last on totem pole. So I think I'm just gonna like do my own thing and yep. and hire someone to help me film it, and then. Um, and then January, I'm going down to Mexico with Ryan and Brian and Brad to hunt coos with a rifle. Mm. They got a good yeah. ranch down there? No. So actually, I, I did a podcast with Jay Scott, and um, it sounded like a cool hunt. So I just like, I booked a four-person group. Just I was like, I'll find somebody. And I invited those guys, and they're like, yeah, sure. That is a <laughs> cool setup. He's yeah. got Mexico figured out. He He's does. a coos freak. Yeah. But that's like where you can do it DIY and have yes. like that experience. It's really hard to find like yes. places where you can go and do DIY hunts. And coos, you can do it, which is awesome. Mule deer, no. Good yeah. luck. You won't find it. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that you can go down there and hunt DIY is, and I hunted with those guys last year, archery coos, and like, I'm good. I'll just, yeah. rifle's good. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> they're so hard to kill. That's so hard. Um, you're going to, I'm jealous, man. That's, that's on my list. I really want to do that. Jay's been trying to get someone from our office to go down there for a while. Oh, okay. He's got that figured out. You're going to have a blast, man. Yeah, man. Um, Maybe, and yeah. then did you say, where'd you say antelope? Yeah. Where? Wyoming. Okay. Uh, antelope and then Idaho, you have combo hunt in October. Mm-hmm. Man, you got a good season. Yep. And then I had, um. I have a uh, doll sheep hunt planned for 23. Alaska? <laughs> yeah, wow. Alaska range. I was talking to somebody, I was doing some research, I was talking to um, a buddy, Ryan Bassham, who like does hunt consulting. Yep. And, um, you know, it, I mean, it's not cheap, obviously, but it's okay. the most affordable sheep in the world to hunt. Yep. And it might go to an all draw for non-residents in the next couple of years. It's yep. kind of whispers of that. 
And so I was like, I can't, I'm not going to put it all, you know, you only live once, I'll figure out how to pay for it, you know, over time. But they had a cancellation for 23 and I was like, yep, just grabbed it. Smart. Yeah. They, if you talk to like older hunters, they all say, hey, listen, do it when you can. Yeah. It's going to sting. It's obviously not cheap. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, that It's money, not getting cheaper. If I wait two more years, it's just going to go up and up and up. They all say sheep hunting is only going to get more and more expensive. Yep. And you only have so many years you can do it where you're healthy and you don't yep. want to look back with regrets. And exactly. everybody says it's just an incredible experience. Yeah. So oh, yeah, man, no. I'm stoked for you. Yeah. I'm going to do fun. that in 23, probably 24. I got to okay. get up there. Yeah. Um, have you started putting feelers out yet? Uh, Lorenzo's got some, some okay. good content. Oh, yeah, I'm sure but, you guys have plenty. Because yeah. uh, now you it's gotta start hard to though. get a spot. Yeah. It's not even about like money. It's like getting a spot. Yeah. But, so, the only reason I was able to get one for 23 is because they had a cancellation. And he's like, I got one spot left, and it's opening week, too. So I was like, yep. Um, Dude, it's a uh, Rogue Expeditions. Actually, it's the same guy that uh, Remy killed his with. Okay. Jeremy Rusink. Yeah, yeah. That guy's supposed to be good. Yeah, man. So I'm stoked about First that. First week, you probably shouldn't hit as much weather. Yeah. Man, I'm stoked for you. Yeah, it's going to be a good year, man. So um, just last question, like, um, I'd love to hear maybe, like, some of your, since you're a planner, I know, some of your personal goals, maybe, and then also maybe goals for Go Hunt. Personal goals, like, hunting-wise? Anything. Could be anything. Life-wise? Yeah. Uh, we got a lot around Go Hunt. I mean, this is our baby. We love it. Yeah. We always talk about we're seven years into a 20-year story. We got big, big plans and big vision for this nice um we want to build a great company you know and we we still look at us as the the small company with a chip on our shoulder they got something to prove mm -hmm. you know like we are i can tell you're passionate man i heard you firing oh, up the troops earlier yeah we are we are um we always say we're like allergic to complacency mm. you know like it's we refuse to ever get complacent and we want to always stay hungry. And, and so there's a lot of goals around a go hunt. I mean, we just launched the e-learning business outdoor class, yep. which is solving a, a big problem. We need new hunter recruitment, you know? And I know some of these hunters are like, it gets crowded in my spot, this and that. You got to have the conservation dollars. Yep. That's what makes this haul go full circle. And mm -hmm. non-resident tags is the number one way to drive revenue for the states. For sure. Which helps them protect the animals. And so we got to have that. And there's a big barrier to entry for a new hunter. Like if you don't have a mentor, you you you, know, oh, yeah. you didn't have a family member or a brother yeah. teach you and and you know show you the ropes. Like it's a very intimidating thing to get yeah. into. When well, you were talking so, about bringing new people in earlier, and how you love to you know bring people, yeah. and that's kind of what Go Hunt does. I mean, me personally, it was huge. I mean, I've been using it since I started using Insider, um, and I, I wouldn't have been able to do the small things I have done without it. So and that's amazing. And yeah. so look, now you're inspiring others and like. You're like a success story, like for real. Sure. And like we're, that's a again a big compliment. You're you're paying us. We hope our product continues to solve problems for you. Um, hunting goals. I I really want to get into. I want to get up up north. Like I really, it's such an adventure. Alaska, you mean? Oh or? yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. And either on a goat hunt or have a you golf. been yet? No. Oh dude. And I'm just itching. It's amazing. Like yeah, it 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 was life changing. Like when I got back from that trip, it was. I've been, then I did Kodiak Blacktail the next year after that. Oh, I made man. a film about that. You should watch it. Okay, I gotta look that, um, that was Brian read, ran it on the Gritty channel, so you can okay. see it on his channel. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, you'll love it. Even if you just do a Blacktail, man. Like, yeah. everyone's like, oh, I don't wanna go that far for a deer. No, 
We did uh, we did blacktail in August, so okay. we we flew into a lake, camped up there, so we had a nice little base camp, um, and you're up in the Alpine, and they're like in velvet. Well, ours were hard horned actually, but um, it's like a poor man's sheep hunt, but it's very fun. That sounds incredible. Yeah, and you, you can get have like two three tags, tags, can't you? I was gonna say yeah. two or three tags. Yeah, it's Just really smoking fun. Smoking deer. That sounds incredible. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, lower pressure type hunt, you know. Um, really fun though. You bump into bears? Tons. <laughs> All sows and cubs though. And any, if they even got a hint that we were around, they were gone. Really? Okay. Most of the bears that time of year are down gorging on salmon. So yeah. uh, I think they're a little bit more of a problem later as you get into the year, but we, had no, we didn't have any problems with them. Yeah, because the deer moved down a little bit? Yeah, the, um, everything moves down and the bears get hungrier. Um, but yeah, that time of year it's, it's really cool. So. So you said you're working on a plan to get up there? Or? Yeah, I don't have a definite plan, but it's probably 2024. Okay. We got so much going on here. Yeah. Um, just moved in this new office and That's killer. we just launched the two new products. And so there's a lot going on here. I got two young kids at home. I got a yeah. wife who works. So I'm trying okay. to balance a lot. You got a lot on your plate. Um, but uh, 2024. Yeah, beautiful family. I saw yeah. Instagram. Yeah, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. The two, two girls that are sweet as I got a, How old's your younger one? Yeah, they're four and eight. Okay, mine are um, three and seven. Okay, so, yeah. boys or girls? Boy, one boy, older is a boy and the younger is a girl. Yeah, good so. for you. Um, okay, I know I said there was a last question, but one more. Um, just talk to me about like building a brand that people want to identify with and like think is cool. Like, I think you guys have done an amazing job of building like a cool brand. Like even just, from an outsider as a as a consumer, like um, I don't wear like a lot of brands, but like I'm I'm down to wear like a Go Hunt shirt. You know what I mean? Like, um, and it's not just because like I'm partners with you guys or whatever. Like I like I said, I've been using your products since the beginning. So like, how do you build a brand that people want to associate with? Um, appreciate you saying that. And um, it's not easy, but it's not it's not actually that hard either. It's mm. around being authentic and it's around caring about your customer and being passionate. Like if you, if it, if you have the wrong motives, then it can be really difficult. But if you're just true to who you are and you, because like, everything you're describing is like, you, saw, you see it around the office, you hear us talking, this is not, it's not just for marketing or whatever, like this is yeah. who we are. And, um, and it, a lot of the, our DNA is literally Lorenzo and I, who we are as people, Yeah. right? And. You know, he's salt to the earth kind of guy if you haven't spent much time with him. I mean, he's the nicest guy ever. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm the more, a little bit like that, <laughs> right? He gets to be good cop. Sometimes I got to be a bad cop. Yeah. Bad cop is that you and the gang. But we, we care about our customers. We care about our team. We care about this company like through and through. Yeah. And that's what you see in our branding. That's what you see is, is just a, a passion for what we're doing, a passion for solving problems, and a passion for our customers. For sure. Makes it easier when you truly care. Right? Yeah. When you don't care about what you're doing, you know, we've all had jobs that you're kind of looking at the clock. Is it lunchtime yet? You yeah, know, like yeah. that's the, that should be the signal where you're like, that's not the right job. Yeah. You want to be really pumped and passionate. The, di the, the day should fly by. Mm -hmm. That's when you know you're onto something. Yeah. And that's what it's like for us. And we hope for, sure. for our team too. Like we always say like when we're hiring new people, if you're a clock puncher, you're going to get chewed up and spit out here. If you care, you're gonna do great. Yeah. Like you gotta care about what you're doing. You don't have to be a hunter to work here, but you have to be passionate about our customer. If you're not passionate, you won't survive here. Yeah. And like, I feel like in this industry, it's 
some companies have kind of like a macho thing kind of going, you know, and like I was wondering, you know, coming in if, you know, some places you go and people are kind of standoffish and stuff, mm -hmm. but like I noticed from the second I walked in, like everyone's super nice, like inviting. Um, so that's cool that you guys have been able to, I don't know, just have a, have a, you've done a really good job just cultivating a, a culture here that's the people are, I think authenticity is a huge thing, like you just said, and, and genuine and just like, they're nice. They're not like standoffish. You know what I mean? Starts again with they caring about your work and caring about your customer. Mm -hmm. And so you, we look at you. Yeah, you're a partner, but you're a customer. You're a customer sure. first. And everyone walking around, people, you, Brady, Neville, the people you've been talking to, like they care. They care about this industry. Mm -hmm. They care about their customers. They care about the company. For sure. So. Well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time. And thank you, got man. another appointment. So I think this is good. way more fun than whatever meeting I'm going to go to next. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks again, right. man. Thanks. Appreciate, appreciate you. it. Yeah.